CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. All right, well, Brian pulls out, I guess. Excuse me? Ixalan cards or whatever. We could just talk about something else. What do you mean, excuse me? Oh, you are filthy. You are filthier than some of these pirates going after their bootay. Or treasures, I guess they're called. Um, so you had some entertaining stuff to talk about. Um, you want to recount your Paul George story? Well, so tomorrow, yeah. as we're recording this, is yeah. the beginning of NBA training camp. Nice. So I was just watching a little pre-gaming, a little NBA debate talk. Yeah. And they were talking about Paul George, and he was some pictures he Instagrammed of him fishing in Oklahoma City. Yeah. And, you know, they were like, well, is fishing enough to keep Paul George in Oklahoma City? And, of course, everyone's like, oh, I think, oh, this is why I think he'll be in Oklahoma City and this and this and this. And then they said, go to commercial break. Rachel Nichols, who's, like, the host of the segment, is just like, she's like, and I, I don't know if she realized she was on the air because yeah. it seemed pretty insider. And yeah. she was just like, she's like, I don't know, I was talking to him the other day and he was talking about all the good fishing in L.A., so... <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know if any of y'all out in Canada listening here to the Top 8 Magic podcast saw Kevin Durant. I guess he had like a fake Twitter account that oh, he was yeah. just talking, on, talking to himself or something. Basically ripping on his old teammates. What's it like having fake accounts, Mike? I don't know. I haven't run a fake account in years. But I'm curious. I, but you used to, right? Yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know, just like debate <laughs> people who were like criticizing me. It was like... I think Mike is the greatest contributor to the community. Like, Ben Blyweiss would, like, email me. He's like, stop with the fake accounts. And I was just like, <laughs> first of all, no. what are you talking about? Second of all, how did you know it was me? He's <laughs> like, it's like, we have IP lookup moron, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't done that in years. That's, I used what to I like create... That's what I was reminded of, by the way, by, controversial... by the tarantula there. Well, I mean, what about like maybe maybe an occasional tweet storm that you you bring up by debating a point, you know, between some fake accounts? Like, oh well, I think my position on this is this. And it just it's for the people, really. This is why Kevin Durant should sign up for Tweet Vault. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was literally just ripping on his old teammates. Yeah, but it, it brings up a good point, like. Um, if you take Westbrook off that team, it's, I mean, Steven Adams is pretty good, but the rest of it's pretty unplayable, right? Yeah, Paul George is pretty good. Um, I think he was, personally, I think he's super overrated, uh, although I will concede, he often looked like the best player on the floor in the Cavs against Indiana series last year, so I mean, I totally give him that in the playoffs, but like... It's you, re- you realize that by being the best player on the floor against the Cavs is enough to be like the NBA Finals representative from the East... Yeah, well, like he, you could actually just be terrible against everybody else, squeak into the playoffs, and then just be the best player on the floor against the Cavs and like carry your team he, into he, the NBA. He needed finals. about 11, 11 buddies <laughs> to help him out there that he did not have. Uh, Jeff Teague or whoever just <laughs> didn't carry the water well enough. Uh, I don't even know if that's the right, yeah, the sure. right point guard. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know if you remember in 2007, Detroit tried that. They're like, we're just going to put four men on LeBron every possession. And the result of that is that everyone else just landed threes in their face. Sure. And uh, so I think, I think you can't you can't just do one one guy. Let me let me tell you about 
my, what I'm looking forward to this yeah. NBA season. This is the headline I was greeted at my, like, you know, feed in the morning. Oh, I'm waiting for it. Michael Beasley says, Joaquin Noah's in great shape. First of all, it's Joaquin Noah. Oh, it's Joaquin. <laughs> Joe. All right. Let's talk you know about that guy was an unreal NBA player uh, a few yeah, years yeah, ago? Yeah, let's talk about blue cards. I don't want to talk about basketball anymore. Um, which blue, blue and white cards? Maybe you want to talk about the deck that we posted yesterday? Yeah, well, uh, I thought we were supposed to put like some Exelon cards in that deck. Well, so I was just like thinking about all the cards we were talking about, and then it turned out my deck was like 4,000 cards. So I, what is it, like Rite of Purification? Is that the name of it? I, I believe you. I put one in. There's one. Let's <laughs> cycle that guy. Uh, there's search for Ascanta in that list, but but not a card, you, not a card, we not, not a about. card we had talked about. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll do better today. I think there's um, there's some interesting setup. You talking cards. about ritual of rejuvenation? Sure. The card you were talking sure. about. Sure. Okay, just That's checking. What you're saying the the just, survival cash. Yeah. All right. So blue cards. Start with you know. It's, I feel like every time we do a set review, yeah. At some point we compare a card to Air Elemental. Yeah. So how does this card stack up against Air Elemental? Three UU flying four four called Air Elemental. I'm thinking Worth Wolpert circa 1997 <laughs> would have happily used his thawing glaciers to summon one of these guys in his in his blue red deck of the era. Was Air, was Air Elemental ever a constructed playable? Yeah, Worth won the. Ohio Valley Regional Championship in 1997 what with would... Air Elemental on his deck. That top eight was stacked. It was like that was the one where you first noticed Dave Price because his deck was just like like 20 lands and then like 10 fours and his sideboard was four 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 three. I don't know. Maybe it was like four 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 two one. And you're like, who is this idiot? And and he had like one force of nature in his sideboard. Do you remember this? <laughs> it's like a green red beatdown deck with like four giant growths. And he had like one force, which he sided in against Eric Lauer and beat him in the round of eight. But the, the champion was worth Wolper. Be- beating Eric Lauer back in those days was uh, end boss material. I never did it. Yeah. Eric Lauer face planted me in the finals of a tournament, but I still went to the Pro Tour. So what do you think about that, Eric Lauer? Yeah, well, you won the PTQ, but he won the thousand dollars. Yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't recognize any of this. It's been too long. Yeah, too long. What? Why would we look back? 22 years ago. It's not ago. our style. Literally, it's not our style to Literally reminisce. 22 years ago. All right. Arcane Adaptation. Did I literally play my first Pro Tour 22 years ago? Oh, jeez. Probably. Oh, my God. How old were you? You were running that tournament. I was... I was... Uh, I had Older a, than I am now, I assume. I... Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I had a goatee, probably. I don't know. You were... Anyway, anyway, Air Elemental, what is Arcane Adaptation? Yeah, let's move on from Air, Air Elemental. I mean, you know, fine, limited card, not going to do anything in Constructed, I don't think. I mean, you could stack Vigilance and Flash on that card <laughs> and give it an insane flip transformation. And and while it would be one of the most transformative cards to hit standard in many years, it still wouldn't be a whiz-bang four of in the decks that could cast it. <laughs> like, people would still play other yeah. cards. Like, uh, I think I'm in for a cloud blazer. Like, <laughs> literally, people blaze the clouds instead of casting that, you know, air yeah. elemental upgrade. Right, arcane Adaptation to you for a rare enchantment. As Arcane Adaptation enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. 
Creatures you control are the chosen type in addition to their other type. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. All right, so you could name pirate or dinosaur. Like you could name this vampire, with, pirate, dinosaur. But then you could get all the bonuses. Like you could, you could cast this and name dinosaur, and then your commune with dinosaurs would just hit every creature in your deck. Yeah, that seems awesome. And no way am I ever tapping three <laughs> mana using a permanent in a full turn. Do you know what happened like, to you if you did that? Like the thing you is, would be faced with an on crop crasher so quickly. So I was thinking about elf decks yesterday right i was thinking about elf decks thinking about the new sort of like gas cradle type card mm. and whether or not it could actually be playable in modern yeah and it's like wow that is really slow but the front side is such a powerful effect sure front side's card. a powerful effect and then once it flips it's super powerful but like like to, you have to put expose it out there for like an entire sort of i mean you're just cycle. dead to scape shift if you do like you're <laughs> yeah, like yeah, all right i'm casting through um oh. And like, and that's about as powerful effect. Twenty-one as, damage, you say? Oh, all right. That's about as powerful effect as you're gonna get, right? Like making a Gaia's cradle, and like this is tap out and do something for your tribal synergy deck that suddenly needs other creatures to participate in the tribal synergy. Maybe there's some insane combo. I mean, do you remember when Unnatural Selection was kind of like that, where people would make two cards into legends? Oh, Man, that was cool. I love that card. I, I also would. That's like the rules even work that way. Anymore. I would also animate a land yeah make it a griffin that land being griffin canyon yeah make my griffin canyon a griffin and then make an infinitely sized griffin canyon griffin uh, so that was like like a flavor success as well as a strategic that, i played success. that deck, i played that deck and constructed i, played I, it I and believe it. I'm just like, it was but good it, yeah it was both flavorful and yeah, yeah it was like i can see this she's like you've got like a gigantic it was like it was like the johnny timmy vorthos like Spikes were like, you're an idiot. But then you'd attack them all for three a thousand. Of you, all three of you are idiots. <laughs> attack them a thousand. And then you attack them for but a you, thousand. But the thing is, when you're like Johnny Timmy, you don't care how many games you win. Like, one <laughs> game is enough. One game it was. Is, yeah. One game is, that's all the ones you're getting. Yeah. Yeah, so. All right. Uh, cancel. Next. Chart a course. I like this card. I like card. this card, too. I like this card a lot. One U for a sorcery. Draw two cards. Then discard a card unless you attack through the creature this turn. So basically, like, it has a raid effect. Yeah, right? but it's fine. Like, just draw draw two cards, discard a card is an awesome ability. Just, you might, I could see you having the opportunity to attack. Yeah. Cast. And still casting this before you attack because you want another card in your graveyard. I mean, there's so many, like, this, Strategic Planning, Cathartic Reunion, um, uh, Tormenting Voice are all legal right now. Like, you could set up some kind of, like... Drakes or uh, God Pharaoh's gifts. There's all kinds of chosens you could do. Yeah, and the and the thing about this also just worth remembering is the creep the card. Like so, when you strategic plan and you look at three cards, yeah, you only get to keep one of them and two are going to your bin. But this, you get to like if there's a card in your hand you hate, yeah, that you're like, ugh, this card's dead here. That can be your discard. You don't have to discard one of the two cards you draw. So oh yeah, awesome. Is Splendid Reclamation still legal? Yeah, I think so. We could never know though. That would require no, 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 Brian. You stop it, stop it right now. Next, next blue card, Exelon only. Uh, Daring, but it would be gas if you. Could. Yeah, Daring Saboteur, one U for a human pirate. It's also a rare. It's a two one. Uh, two U Daring Saboteur can't be blocked this turn. Um, 
And then whenever Daring Saboteur deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card if you do discard a card. Wow. This card's good. This card is good. Yeah, so like it's just a 2-1 for 2 that you just crash in. You could like have a fatal push on turn 3, whatevs. You got them, right? But uh, like on the play, like you might just get to hit them for free one turn. Yeah, but then like the it's like that to you can't be blocked. It's a pretty powerful ability late game. Yeah. Like I think I think the card is deceptively really good. I mean, it's like going to be a dollar rare or whatever, right? But like it's just solid, right? Like I think people don't get like all the time when they evaluate cards to begin with, like you just get some amount of initiative with with an aggro pirate deck or whatever, and then they're just on like eight, and you're like, all right, I'm just gonna kill you with four unblocks. Right, and again, you know, this is gonna get buffed by any kind of human or pirate. Oh, there are good pirate buffs too. Yeah, any any kind of buffs are gonna make this card. They love pirates. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like this card. I would. Well, there's the pirate. I can see crusade. myself first picking this card in limited. Yeah. It's solid. It's a yeah. good card. Yeah. Okay. Dead Eye Quartermaster. On the other hand. 3U for a 2-2 uncommon human pirate. When Dead Eye Quartermaster... Dead Eye promise it. It's like promise. You start a card off with Dead Eye. I'm like, this is going to be good. When I play NBA Live mobile on my phone, like every time I just launch a 3 from J.R. Smith or, or Kyle Corver, I just say Dead Eye to myself. <laughs> it's like Dead Eye. When Dead Eye Quartermaster enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an equipment or vehicle card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So this is a twice the cost of a Stone Forge, of a Stone Forge Mystic with half the abilities. Like one quarter of the abilities. <laughs> I mean, half. I spend all the mana. Like how 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 sexy is Batter Skull when you just cast it for five? Right? Like you could curve it into it, right? I actually think this is not unplayable because. Because there's the Pirate Crusade. Like, okay. I mean, I don't know. Probably it stinks. Like, it's 2-2 two, two for 4. That's a big-ass uh, yeah. constructed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, or not enough, or not big enough an ass for constructed. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think two. this ability is obviously really, really powerful, but 2-2 two, two for 4 is just yeah. garbage. Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I could see, I'll probably play it in seal. But what if, like, 2 and a U? How about that? Probably pretty interesting. Depends on the equipment. And it's the, like a treasure mage. At yeah. Two and a year. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting comparison, right? Like, we were, we were talking just in the last cast about how trophy mage has made a big splash all of a sudden. Trophy mage? Yeah, whatever. Trophy, treasure, trinket. They're all super gas. But, like, equipment mage is in infinity more mana than any of them. But, infinity but being one. But, you know, you're not limited in what you can get, right? Like, in terms of casting cost. Which is a big difference. Yeah, I mean, you're... I don't know. Maybe I, I... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. It seems it seems like too big of an ask for concern. Yeah, I, I think so, but I'm going to keep an eye on it. Okay. Uh, Deep Root Waters to you for an enchantment. Whenever you cast a Merfolk spell, create a 1-1 blue Merfolk creature token with Hexproof. This card seems like it has the potential... I don't know if there's enough Merfolk in this set for it to be, like, crazy, but... Is this just an enchantment, not like a legendary enchantment? No, it's just an enchantment. Is this the Merfolk Coquetra's Monument? Yeah. Without cost reduction. Yeah, I just don't know that there's enough Merfolks in standard for this to make a huge impact. I haven't looked fully at like the spread I've actually of the never seen this card before, so like I actually have to put some thought in it. If there's a Merfolk Coquetra's Monument, that seems awesome. I mean, granted, Merfolk stink. But, right. like, maybe you play them in, in 
like modern or something. Well, that's what I was. That's where I was going with this. Like yeah. the thing is, like every single Merfolk in your deck is a Lord, right? Like, right. So you're making like two twos and three. Like, right. like literally go like, all right, I'm gonna play, play this. this Lord of Atlantis. <laughs> made a two two. All right, my next card is Regery. All right, made a three three. Untap the land and then played something else. Uh, yeah. Like the only card in your deck that's not a Lord is literally Silver Go Adept, right? Like so. Every other guy is, is it play from hand or? Whatever you cast. Oh, it's cast trigger. Yeah. So that matters because they have Because you can't do the vile stuff, but sure. like, But still, like, that seems really powerful to yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think I, like maybe Merfolk will sideboard it in modern because like you, it's probably not fast enough to play main deck in modern, but like if you sideboard it, like if you want to play against like attrition-y matchups, like if you're going to catch it, if you're... What the heck was I saying? Modern. Okay. Um, yeah, you were talking about... I mean, that, that's where that's the place to look for this card, obviously. I'm curious. I mean, it seems... Like, if you're playing against Jund, like, a deck that you're going to play, like, 40... Like, no, you play, like, more than 10 turns against. Like, every single card in your deck is, like... Like, you're literally, like, make a 2-2, make a 3-3, make a 4-4. Four, by, four. by the way, against those decks also, like, it's they're hexproof Merfolk, which is... Yeah, why, why are they hexproof? The tokens are hexproof. What? Yeah. Oh my god, I have to keep reading these lines. <laughs> yeah, this is like pretty. I think it might be good. Yeah, I mean, you know, heaven forbid you ever get to a situation where you have two of these out, right? Um. Yeah. Like I. I think this could be good. I mean, do people play right, hex like where that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I mean, the Merfolk... like I, I played in a. Uh, uh, let's let's go through this. I played just just run through my experience. Yeah, I played in a modern PPTQ last week. I played against Bant Coco. Right. This would be nowhere near fast enough to All keep right. up with them. Second round, I played against Grixis Death Shadow. Sometimes it's fast enough. Sometimes they kill you on turn four. Yeah. Um, then I played against Black White Eldrazi. It would be fast enough there. But, like, it depends on how good their draw was. Uh, then I played against... I played against round four. Uh, I just came up with an infinite. Oh, burn! I just came up with an infinite combo. Wait, with wait. This card. Burn. Yeah, what? It's not good, but it's an infinite combo. So, you play <laughs> uh, arcane adaptation. Yeah. You name Merfolk. Okay, love okay. it. Okay, all right, you love and it. And everything is right. gas. And then you have two mirror regeries in play. Yeah. Right. They reduce the cost of Merfolk spells by one. Mirror regeries? No, wait. Which no, one? No, they the untap. One? What's the one? Oh no, you have two of the. Um, What's the one that reduces the cost by one? It's like a merfolk. I don't it's like know. a one three, whatever. Like I know about merfolk. You have two of those. Yeah. Then you play a mana war. You also have to redream play. Then you play a mana war. Yeah. It's a merfolk spell, yeah. so you get to untap something. You untap the one mana you paid for your mana war, and then you bounce mana war to your hand. And make infinity guys. And then you make infinity guys. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's not good. But then I played against burn. Uh, I think Merfolk's good against Burn anyway. I don't think you want this card against them. Then I played against, like... You think Merfolk's good against Burn? I think Merfolk is great against Burn. Yeah? Okay. It's one of the few... I mean, like, when I say great, I mean I might lose. Okay. Right? Like, I mean, I was playing somebody, and, like, so the last round I played, and I sit down, and my opponent's just like, hey, do you want to draw in the top eight? And I'm like, no. And he's just like, why? And I'm like, I don't think I can draw in the top eight. And he's just like... Well, of course you can. We can draw and we'll both make top eight. I'm like, I don't think I can intellectually draw to top eight. It's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, I think I only have a 5% chance of losing to you. <laughs> and 
<laughs> but if I draw the top eight, like I'm either gonna play against the guy who beat me round one or Roman, who either one will be able to play. Those are the only two decks I care about in the room. So I'm not gonna draw with you. <laughs> so then I defeated him 2-0. Yeah. And then I lost to that guy in the finals. All right, what about, th what about this next card, Mike? I what? mean, this, this card's obviously something, like I said, I mean, if there's enough Merfolk in standard, possibly pretty powerful, or some combo, maybe arcane adaptation. Who the hell I knows? think this card has some potential. That's a powerful effect. I mean, Merfolk sucks so bad though in most in most ways. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Yeah. But but like for example, there's that green Merfolk who like gains buffs every time you cast a non-creature spell. Yeah. Like you could cast this and then like he gets a buff because it's a non-creature spell. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna dog ear this card. I'm yeah. gonna mark it. All right. So I can cut to it later. Yeah, obviously. When there's more merfolk. Because there's plenty of explorers. You could, you'd probably get easily get two explorers. <laughs> All right, Depths of Desire. Two you, instant. It's a common. Uh, return target creature to its owner's hand. Create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap. Basically, it's a lotus petal. Yeah. Tap, sacrifice this treasure. artifact. Yeah, it makes a treasure. Uh, sacrifice this artifact. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So this is like the, 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 the first comparison you come up with for this is something like Repulse. Yeah. Right. Which is so it's a do you value a lotus petal more or less than a random card off your top of your deck? I think most people would value a lotus petal less than a random card off the top of their deck, in part because in a blue deck you get to except, like get hit your next land drop. Except that you know, when you're playing a card like this, yeah, you're not playing necessarily a card advantage game, you're generally playing a tempo game. So, so, so the ability to like bounce something and then jump your mana ahead of turn seems huge. So 24 hours ago, I thought this card was bad, especially because there's a card in the same set that is uh, compares very favorably. We can talk about that in a little bit. Okay. But I think that this card is like an engine card now, right? Like, uh, can you imagine you're just like, I don't know, play second turn, gifted Aetherborn, your opponent just whatever, and like play a land, say go, and they're like, all right, I've got Hazard and another guy, and now it's an attack. You're like, okay, uh, Depths of Desire, your other guy, Hazard doesn't attack untap Scarab God, right? Like, literally make your fourth land drop, a Scarab God, because you had the, yeah, the treasure. that seems great. Also, there's a black-blue guy in the set who's awesome. He's a 3-3 three, three for five. He's a BU3 for a 3-3, three, three, and he has the ability BU2, make a treasure, and he's like plus one, plus one for each artifact you have in play. Oh, wow. So like, if you had the ability like 3-3 three, three for five, just like four mana put a plus one plus one counter on him like that probably wouldn't be good enough but like you would still look at it because that's kind of an interesting combination of abilities he has functionally that ability while generating card advantage that you could play in the context of a deck with other treasure making stuff scrap heap scrounger you know uh i don't know puzzle knots anything like it so i think this card is like definitely not just a dog ear card, but you would just want to play it. Yeah, I no, I really, I, I really like it. Um, like I said, you know, I, I think that the, uh, I think the ability to just like complete, like tempo your opponent coming and going, yeah. right? Like you're like, oh, by the way, you just wasted all your mana for your turn. Your card's back in your hand. First of all, I saw what you did, Eldritch Moon cycled. He he did it. He did it, folks. I checked. Splendid Reclamation, dead. And Brian, after that action, is dead to me. But we'll finish the podcast, okay? <laughs> uh, dive down. You, instant. 
Target creature you control gets plus zero, plus three, and gains hexproof until end of turn. So we talked about the white card in the set that does something similar. Um, you get to scry with that one. It makes your creature indestructible. But this is this is a little little different. Uh, you you just, this is a hard counter on any spell targeting your creature. Plus, it lets your creature maybe survive combat or do something else. The cost is right. Yeah. I just think that in this color combination, and by color combination, I mean color, there's yeah. just so many so many potential options. Yeah. Versus white has fewer of those kind of options. Can you, can you imagine if you, like, saved your mana to do this? And then, you like, they do something, you're, like, blocking something, and you do this, and then they spell pierce you. I can imagine it. Um... Not not a card you think we'll see in constructed. I don't. It's probably see some. Be pretty sweet if this card like was a merfolk spell. Well, it's not. It's an I instant. Know. All right. Uh, Dreamcaller Siren. Two UU for a three three. Uh, Siren Pirate. Pirate. It's a rare. It has flash. So three three for four with flash. Pretty interesting. Flying. Dreamcaller Siren can only block creatures with flying. And then when. <laughs> Dreamcaller Siren enters the battlefield. If you control another pirate, tap up to two target non-land permanents. So I'm gonna just call this card an A and limited. I think this card is awesome. Yeah. I think it's gonna be an awesome constructed card. Yeah. Tap two permanents? Not non non-land permanents? Non-land permanents. Oh. Non-land permanents. Oh, can you imagine if you could tap land? Yeah, no. No, uh, non-land I mean, fogging attacks is still awesome. You can just get your guys in. Right. I think this is okay. Also, there's like a there's literally a pirate crusade in this set, right? Like, he could easily be a 4-4 flash for 4. Like, yeah. he's... Also, it curves that way. The pirate crusade costs 3. So, I don't know. It has flash. You can, like, crew... Can you imagine you have, like, nothing? You crew a vehicle during combat? <laughs> like, it seems awesome. Like, tap two of your guys, crew my vehicle, and they're like, oh, man, what did I do with my life? I've been uh, I'm playing a lot of the Modern Cube, and, you know, I'm always blue-green. So... Do they not have Mono Red of the Modern Cube? They do. It's not as good. It's actually, I don't believe you. It's a little... I mean, I, I've won with it. It's a little harder. It's a little harder when they, they cut out in a bunch of the one-drops. So it's more of a mid-range deck. But... I like any of the Mono Red. But I've had a lot of fun with Flash, because I've had multiple decks with either Teferi or Prophet of Crufix. Yeah. And uh, have indeed actually killed somebody when they crater hoofed me with like 11 creatures in play because I flashed in a phantasmal image copying their Avenger of Zendikar and then flashed in a clever impersonator copying their crater hoof behemoth. And then all my creatures were bigger than all their creatures. And I, I ambushed them in combat. It was great. See, that's that's the I like Johnny in you. Yeah, I love Flash. You know, it doesn't matter how I love many, Flash. It doesn't matter how many games you win. <laughs> you win big enough. It feels like you won more yeah. games. Right. But yeah, so you you like this card for I think it's good. What would you give it? Like, would you give it? You wouldn't call it an A. It's no, not it's like, like a high role player. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's only going to be in pirate decks, right? right. Yeah. Like, you know, just oh, you know, I'm just in the market for a three, three, for four with no additional text. Right. That's not the way. It's not the way it goes, okay. man. We're going to Entrancing Melody. X-U-U Sorcery. It's a rare. Gain control of target creature with converted mana cost X. Man, there's going to have to be a weird situation that this is a playable card. 
Yeah, really? I mean, look, what it's four mana. For a 2-2. Two, two. For a bear, okay? Let's say you're fighting against a Glorybringer. It's seven for a Glorybringer. Just like anything is better than this. Anything. It's too much mana. Yeah, I mean, if it was an instant, maybe. Oh, like it was like a Dominate? Yeah. Yeah, but it's not. Right, but Dominate was good because you could... It was like a non-permanent thing. You could dominate creature lands. That was one of the reasons, like, you could dominate a tree-type village because of that. Yeah, yeah. And then it never fell off. Like, that's... Like, this can't do that. Like, I mean, unless the opponent's just like, hey, let me expose something to you, you know, just so you can get me for two. You don't think we'll see this card? I mean... In the top eight of any like, constructed Are there giant token makers? Oh, well, you know what? There are... Oh, but you know what? But embalmed creatures have their converted mana cost, right? They're exact copies of the creatures. Oh, I thought they were zeros. I thought tokens were just zeros, man. Anyway... No, 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 those are zeros. Those are zeros. So you could Nobody steal an beats an embalm deck by doing this, oh, right? Okay. Yeah, like, you get, like, plus one card advantage, and they have, like, plus 16 card advantage. <laughs> How are you going to win? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like, know. I got one four four. Great. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that card is like gold because it's probably above average and limited. And oh yeah, you would not want to see this at uncommon and limited. Like so, like yeah, it'd be stupid at uncommon and limited. But it's just way too expensive. Look, think of the cards that people like. What are the cards that people care about? How is this against a bristling hydra? How is this against a whirler virtuoso? Like the the creatures that people act like. Uh, you, yes, you could take a Long Tusk Cub, right? But if you're not an energy-based deck, you can't even exploit the Long Tusk Cub. And if you were, you would play the Confiscation Coup. Right. Which is right. always well, cheaper than that's this. That's what you have to compare this to. Yeah, I mean, Confiscation Coup was... I, I picked the one instance where Confiscation Coup is not cheaper than this, right? Against a Long Tusk Cub. But, but, but on average. Yeah. Every other... It's like, you're never going to... What are you going to take? Like, the 1-1 Dinosaur Maker? Like, what kind of weird deck do you have to be... For you could take the one-one dinosaur maker that used the dinosaur maker's ability. You have to be like blue, green, white, or whatever. Right. You know? Right. So, yeah, I don't think it's good. Okay. Favorable wins. This is uh, this is a reprint, isn't it? Yes. You, one you for an enchantment creatures you control with flying get plus one plus one. I think this card is probably pretty good. Yeah. Why? Yeah. What What's changed? Was it very good when it came out? No, but like, what if you just had like. Thopters, stuff like that. Like, what if you made a deck that was like just one-one flyers that were, you know, or like any flyers, right? There's like a two-two flyer for two in this set. Like, I think this is a crusade and only costs two, and it's one-sided. It's one-sided, right? Creatures you control. Yeah. yeah. It's a one-sided two-casting cost crusade. If you just build your like, like is crusade a good card? Is bad moon a good card? Well, bad moon's not good if I have green creatures. Okay, then don't play green creatures. Who are you arguing with? Right, like. So I'm just like, all right, this is just a crusade, and it's. Well, a- the question is, are there enough? But I forgot about yeah, Thopter tokens are certainly yeah, like pretty exciting. I mean, I don't know. Uh, there's just I'm just off the top of my head. There's like Pia Whirler Virtuoso. There's lands that make flying flying one ones, aren't there? There's lands, right? I don't know. I I I think there are. No, there's land that makes. Uh, there's uh, I mean. I guess like, no. which is does not, Locust God fly by itself? 
Oh yeah, Locust God flies by itself and it makes flyers. I mean, like Locust God is so powerful. I think like you probably don't need this by, with Locust God, but I'm just saying like Locust God would work. Yeah, well, I mean, but then those are two, two hasty flyers as opposed to one, one hasty flyers. Yeah, like I think, uh, are there planeswalkers that make flying one ones, flying creatures? I, I think that there's, anyway, there's just creatures you would play. Sure. Like, I don't know them all off the top of my head, but like, just think about like a Whirler Virtuoso and a Pia. Like those are two cards that make flying creatures that are very heavily played, right? Two, two card combo coming up in standard. Yeah. Fleet Swallower, five UU for a six, six. Whenever Fleet Swallower attacks, target player puts the top half of his or her library rounded up into his or her graveyard. With Fraying Sanity, that's a two-card combo. You just kill your opponent. Uh, I mean, you gotta you just attack, right? Yeah. So, like... I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it's well, a two-card I mean, combo. You can't claim to fame it, right? No. Oh, you mean, well, you can give it haste, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you... How do you get... It's like a seven, right? Like, yeah. I can just name a bunch of things that I could spend seven mana yeah. on that'll probably kill you, you I'm know? Just, yeah. I'm just saying it's a two-card combo in standard. That's all. I'm it not is, saying it's good or bad. Yeah, I like it because you don't you don't have to actually connect. But, like, it is unlikely that that will get to the attack phase. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, like, any deck that can't remove this has already killed you. That's, right. that's the problem. <laughs> Can you imagine carries of expertise against this? You got what you deserved. Uh, like I have Bantu in play, and I carry Zev's expertise. This thing, you literally got what you deserved, Frey Sandy Moron. Uh, Headwater Sentries, three U for a two-five Merfolk Warrior. Any further text other than flavor text? No, all the, all the further text is in italics and quotation marks. Well, I'm not interested in this guy. You can read them. He could be five-five, and I wouldn't be interested. <laughs> Herald of Secret Streams. Three U for a two three. Creatures you control with plus one plus one counters on them can't be blocked. Two three for four at rare with no additional text unless like 16 things are going for you. I don't know. I mean this card like you think about this with like a bristling hydra or a long tusk cub or with like in some jund deck with winding constructor. So like what you're saying is like if or not John deck I mean yeah, salt deck yeah. so like if you're online with like winding constrictor or or I don't know like uh what's the artifact creature sure walking ballista walking ballista or yeah I could totally see those cards being awesome even without this card <laughs> in play so you're saying like if my opponent has like a bristling hider and a long test cub that I better deal with them I'm saying that in some situation I agree. Where, <laughs> in some or in some situation where you're in a grindy game and both players have like these really complicated, you know, really bogged down boards where ah, I can attack and I get in for a little, but then I open myself up to this lethal counter attack. Like, this is so just like... So you think that they're going to sideboard this guy so they could get an attack in? I'm saying you could. I don't know whether or not... That's for you to determine. Right, like, so I'm just putting it out there as a possibility. The problem is there's already Ronus, who's in color, right? Like, like Ronus is cheaper than this. Sure. Well, and- sort of. Well, I mean, like he doesn't—he's terrible. He doesn't do anything unless you have sure. a, a good friend. Ronus also needs friends. Yes, but in the kid situation that you have a friend that would be appropriately good with this guy, Ronus is gonna bust. I gotcha. He's yeah. gonna snap the table in half. Sure. Right, like 
So I, my, my assessment is if there weren't Ronus, I still probably would try to find another way. Or in the immortal words of Patrick Sullivan, what he said to me last week, I would rather lose than play <laughs> wear and tear. <laughs> I was like, what about wear and tear? I would rather lose than play wear and tear. All right, well, I will, I will play this card online and... Uh, and then stop playing put it one on, game Put later. it on Twitch where no one can see it. Okay. The Herald of the Secret Streams. Uh, Jace Cunning Castaway, 1UU, Legendary Planeswalker, 3 Loyalty, it's a Mythic, uh, and then it has 3 abilities. Plus 1, whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player this turn, draw a card, then discard a card. <coughs> Minus 2, create a 2-2 blue illusion token with when this creature becomes the target of a spell, sacrifice it. It's not a flying illusion, right? Yeah, no. And then minus five, create two tokens that are copies of Jace Cunning Castaway, except they're not legendary. So, um, so this is like this is like a groundbreaking new card. So you, so one thing that people uh, should know about this card: when you get to five loyalty, you should always explode it. Okay, you should never hold off. Right. Because the copies are not legendary, but Jace never stops being legendary. So the second you make the copies, he's dead anyway. Right? No, no, no. That they've changed the rules, Mike. He never stops being legendary, and they have the same name as him, so he goes to the graveyard. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So they're not. That, that's why they said they're not legendary. Right. Okay. Okay. So he got it. Got so it. Even got though they're the same it. name. Yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. They can live because they're not legendary, but he is legendary. So as soon as you get to five, you should just pop it. Right. No, there's no other purpose right. in life, right? Like, what are you going to do? Anything you would want to do, you're just like, I couldn't do that twice, because I have this. <laughs> so, um, I think this card is, like, weird. It's, like, full-on okay, right? Like, in a legitimate game of Magic. Like, it it, it passes this the Planeswalker Protect Himself test, but not so well. Like, a 2-2 right, yeah. two, two Phantasm isn't the best protection yeah. when you're going to one loyalty against, say, an Earthshaker. I'm hiding behind this pane of glass. Don't throw rocks at it because is the it rock might hit me. Spell or ability? Spell. Oh, okay. Because like it'd be really humiliating if an Earthshaker kind of just killed it, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but like he's an insta win with doubling season. Sure. So that's pretty cool. That's modern legal. Uh, I think his first ability is just like have like that two one guy that maybe is unblockable on turn two, and you just play this guy, and then like. Plus one of them get in. You get a loot. It's like you get double loot. No, you just get a loot. Oh, I thought oh. you were talking about the other guy. Oh, he loots too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I meant just the Jace loot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're looting. It's, I don't. It's not that powerful, but the fact that he levels up quickly is pretty cool. Yeah. Like he gets to five pretty fast. Um, so you're talking about the modern combo. Like if you just play him in modern. Yeah. You just. Insta win. So you play. Doubling season. That's like you have doubling season in play already, right? Then you cast Jace Cunning Castaway. He comes into play with six. Right. Right, because of doubling season. And then you can, it's like, so six is greater than five, yep. right? So you just explode him. Well, you actually keep him, right? Because five is, uh, he would still have Jace's left, right? So have two Jace's left. So you produce four Jace's now, right? Each of those Jace's you can. Each of those four Jace's comes into play with six loyalty. Yeah, so 
So, the, so basically you just explode till you have like a million Jaces. So the way this works is you continue to make Jaces until yeah. your opponent is crushed <coughs> beneath the weight of all your tokens and they can't breathe anymore. No, we haven't started making collapse. tokens yet. Well, they're just of the Jace tokens. Yeah, so you do that and then at what, once that you have like a sufficient number of Jace tokens, then you start making Phantasm tokens. And it's unlikely anyone can really beat all of those cards because like if, if they, let's say they have like, I don't know, a Radiant Flames, right? And they could kill, like, all of your tutus before you attack them. Or, like, maybe you somehow can give them haste. I don't know. And they have, like, a Kozilek's return yeah, or something. Yeah. Like, they still have to deal with, like, a trillion Jaces. Like, <laughs> they're not dealing with, like, one Jace. And if you're smart, you're going to leave some of the Jaces in reserve on high loyalty, right? Right. You don't need to, like, you don't need to explode all the Jaces into into tokens. You're just like, all right, I'm actually just going to plus one 4,000 of these Jaces right. or something just to make sure yeah. that I can just go off again next turn. Well, you could actually, in some, it's conceivable that you could kill all those Jaces with Star of Extinction. I mean, you'd need seven mana. Destroy a land, deal 20 damage to all creatures and all planeswalkers. Well, does a, like, with like a, this is an engineered explosives on zero do the trick. I mean, like... Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, so... <laughs> right, I don't know. Do they have three casting costs, or...? Uh, Kreetuku, they're, they're copies of Jace, so I believe they have the three casting Oh, costs. well, I don't know. It's a question for a judge. Uh, okay. Do you remember, like, once you were so, doing so a how, podcast so, and Eric Smith walked by, and we are like, well, while you're here... <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how, uh... How likely is this card to be a uh, constructed playable? Constructed like staple. I mean, I don't know. It. I can imagine Black Blue Pirates wanting it. I can imagine Black Blue Pirates not wanting it. You know. So. You think role player, don't you? It's not high on my list. All right, here's another. It's question. got the right casting cost, but like most of the text stinks. I feel like. But it's like a combo piece. I feel like Planeswalkers are in this super weird spot because I think a successful Planeswalker design is role player yeah yeah i do because i think like the great planeswalkers are like dumb. I, they're just dumb i just hate them chandra's super dumb yeah they're just Jace like force super dumb uh you know uh gideon ally of zendikar unreal dumb and, yeah any, gideon almost, of the trials almost unplayable any, almost right? any liliana that doesn't cost a million right like yeah, like, all the Liliana 3s are dumb, and all the Lilianas that are not 3 are unplayable. Right, right? Like, but, like, finding a spot where they can exist as a role player, right? Like, it's like, yeah. oh, man, that was good. That was the perfect card in yeah, that spot. I think, spot. like, Gideon of the Trials is going to be awesome, honestly, now. Sure. Now that, Because they, they changed the rules, the Gideon ally of Zendikar is gone. Because that guy was, like, the best card in standard for two years or something. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean... Like I, I think it's I think it's a thankless task <laughs> designing planeswalkers because if they stink, everyone's like, "Why does Tybalt stink?" And then if they're Tybalt great, is unreal. People just he just people just never figured him out. Do you believe? Here's the question: Do you believe Tybalt to be the brunchiest planeswalker? Define brunchiest. You understand what brunchy means? Like he's just emo. You like he's you under, whatever you look. Is he sipping a mimosa on a Sunday morning. Well, that, if or that's did your, John Finkel take him up for a consolation meal? <laughs> if that's what you think brunchy is, it's brunchy is in the eye of the beholder. Does he have a goatee? Was he like a 1996 Brian David Marshall? <laughs> he might have been. Was he wearing a vest? Did he have a? He certainly <laughs> has a vest on. No, that he really is. He's yeah, kind of like, right? I don't know. You answered your own damn question. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. Uh, Kapala, Warden of Waves, 1UU for a legendary merfolk wizard. It's a rare, it's a 2-2. Two -two. 
Uh, search your opponent, so spells your opponent's cast that target a merfolk you control cost two more to cast. Abilities your opponents activate that target a merfolk you control cost two more to activate. So he's like So a, it's like a weird fixed frost titan. It's like a Kira the Great Glass Spinner for Merfolk. Sort of, sort of like he already had a Kira the Great Glass Spinner for Merfolk. Yeah, but Kira's not a Merfolk. Right? Yeah, but they played it in the Merfolk. Yeah, yeah. Thing, I'm just yeah. saying, right? But like, I guess uh, yeah, this is a Merfolk. So but it's weird, right? Like in the in the before it would be like if you didn't pay the extra two, it was countered. Yeah. And now they can't even play it, right? It'd be like, nope. The judge would be like, nope. Put that back in your hand. You don't have enough mana to play that spell. I find this card to be shockingly unexciting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I find it to be predictably unexciting. Like, like it's this just is like this is a fillery kind of. Yeah, but like it's, I, I bet like somebody on the design team was like, this is gonna be awesome for Merfolk. Like, eh. I mean, I think I think you have to be a little careful with Merfolk because it's it's like very close to being one of the better decks in modern. Like, it's not. I you know, but it's very close. Like, I think, and like it's very easy for like a card to like completely tip that. Would it be so bad for it to be the best deck in modern? I mean, like it's just I mean, a stoppy deck. Like, yeah, but like, I I have a legitimate reason to hate it. People just play like what is it like tide hollow merfolk or whatever like the uu one that like locks down a red guy oh yeah yeah you know how horrible it feels to just have your idol onto the great revel locked down by a person with an aether violin play Ugh. like you just don't want to play magic ever again <laughs> right and they're like oh by the way i have main deck master of waves right and then when you beat that idiot right like all he does is complain you know <laughs> but like it's dumb like those are just the cards they play right it's super dumb um but like I don't think it'd be that bad if that card, that deck was about like is it is it like the best decks in modern are like Grixis Death Shadow, Burn and Scape Shift, right? Like, w w I mean I don't know like Scape Shift seems like a mindless deck to me. You know it's funny though the people who play Scape Shift talk about it. Well, it, how's Boggles? How's Boggles? People love Boggles as a modern deck. I mean like I just don't like, Scape Shift has like. It's just uh, relatively high results, and their cards are kind of poopy. Their <laughs> synergies are kind of like, all right. I get, it's just like a weird combo deck that gets annihilated by random white cards. It's like, ugh. Even mindsets are, oh, well. There goes $400 in rares. <laughs> it's, you know how much Escape Shift costs? It's like 50 bucks. I wish I speculated on that card. Pointing at a rat. A mouse. No, it's not a rat. It was a mouse. All right. Um, anyway, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, I think Death Shadow is awesome. I mean, obviously, Burn is is awesome. But the upshot is, we're not excited about the Warden here. It's just, I, all I'm saying is, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world for Merfolk to be right. good. Right. Right. I'm just saying, but you do need to be, I, I think, tightrope on a little bit of a tightrope with Merfolk. Okay. Lookout's dispersal to you for an instant. Lookout's dispersal costs one less to cast. If you control a pirate, counter target spell unless it's controller page four. So there's a lot of counter spells in the, or situational counter spells now, in the two U category. Although this one could be one U. I mean, this is like metallic rebuke for pirates. I think it's interesting is that because pirates have treasure, you could play both. Right? It's Ooh. pretty powerful, I think. Um, maybe in like a sideboard situation, it's only cost a single U. So like. Black Blue Pirates or Grixis Pirates could potentially play this. I think there are a lot of really good pirates. So, 
And pirates are high, a highly disruptive so, tribe. So, Supreme Will has is ahead of countervailing winds in sort of the priority list for standard. I think they're pretty close, though. I think that, that those cards are closer than they seem. But yes, Supreme Will is ahead of countervailing I mean, certainly winds. just in terms of, like, what people have been willing to yeah, play Yeah, like nobody so plays countervailing yeah. winds. Everybody plays Supreme Will. But I'm just saying those cards aren't that different. Right, right. Which is what we talked about when we did the preview. And Sensor, right? Actually, it's weird because those are all the same right. card, basically. Where does Lookout's dispersal... So you're, you're, like, building your deck. You're like, I need a spell that costs... You and generic mana. It's where like, would you put it's this? It's like Galvanic Blast. It's like it's not the same as the other cards you're you're potentially comparing it to because it only gets played in one strategy. Right? Like I think that like a random blue deck probably doesn't play this, but think about it, like a random blue deck would play spell shrivel. This card is like the same as spell shrivel. Right. Right? Like I remember that? Like Blue White Spirit just alright, three spell shrivel on my sideboard. Like this card's just the same as spell shrivel. Doesn't RFG, but it didn't matter that you RFG with spell shrivel. And it's just awesome sometimes. Like, sometimes it's a, a mana leak casting cost with four, four leak instead of three. Uh, but, you know, in return, you got to play some one-two for two and stuff like that. <laughs> got to play some pirates. Okay. Well, I mean, the other thing is that, like, because you have treasure, I think that there's some, some you can just get so, some extra So you, you would say just normal situation, it's still going to be Supreme Will over this. Unless you're pirates, then you'd probably bump this ahead of Supreme Will. And, like, if you're not pirates, cancel is ahead of this. Okay. So. All right. Moving on. Navigator's Ruin to you for an enchantment. Raid. At the beginning of your end step, if you attacked with a creature this turn, target opponent puts the top four cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. I just have no interest in playing that. If it's good, I hope somebody else figures it out, and I'll congratulate yeah, that person. Probably Andrew Cuneo. Oh, my gosh. Probably. Uh, one with the wind. One you, enchantment or enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and has flying. Uh, could easily see this being playable uh, in the right context, right? There's tons of cards like this, like plus plus something, plus something, discard this, return to your hand, plus something, plus something, some extra text have been playable, like ghostly wings and, and that and, kind of stuff. And certainly in a world where we had... A Geist of St. Trap. You would have played this on a heartbeat, right? Well, I mean, people did play that. Like, the, yeah. a, the, the version of this of the right, time. Right, And it was awesome. Like, right. you could be like, like imagine you're like Geist of St. Trap on three mana, miss your land drop, cast this with Spell Pierce open. Opponent's probably dead. <laughs> like, literally, that's a two-turn clock. Yeah. Right? Like, the Geist is in for four, the Angel's in for four, that's eight, right? Like, yeah. Okay, it's le it's, I don't know if it's exactly a two-turn clock, but it's certainly less than a three-turn clock. If you played him on, on a Noble Hierarch on the first turn, they're dead. <laughs> you dead, you yeah. know? And, and like, they're, like, they have, like, so little interaction, you know, capability. In Are there any situation. good hexproof creatures to put this on? I mean, right there's guys to St. Traff. Isn't there a, a St. Traff enchantment? So you what about could make something. Guys is like standard, right, though? Like hexproof creatures. No, no, that, I'm saying, isn't yeah. there a St. Traff uh, enchantment? There, there might have been. You yeah. could make somebody yeah. in guys to St. Traff. That's all I'm saying. I couldn't. I can't look it up. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't, naturally, hexproof creatures, yeah, there's a green guy. A bunch of green guys that, yeah. are, that are pretty busto. Uh, there's hydras. There's dinosaurs. I'm just thinking about the. Yeah, I actually would not hate doing that. <laughs> like, uh, I would not hate putting it on, like, the six casting cost green guy that can't be countered. Oh, sure. He's, like, already hexproof. Like, how do you stop that? You can only stop that guy by chumping, right? So, like, you just 
Yeah. I mean, chumping or mass removal, but they, they took a bunch of the mass removal away. Like, there are multiple playable mass removal, including planar outburst and uh, descend upon the sinful that they rotated, right? Yeah. And we're left with the unplayable one. Hour of, what's it called? Revelation. Hour of Revelation is so bad. Like, it's, it's weird because it's more powerful than the other ones, but, like, it's so bad because... Like, the first time I ever, like, was about to cast an Hour of Revelation, and I was just like, if I do this, I'm just going to kill the two castouts I have in play, and my opponent will immediately kill me on crackback. <laughs> what was I thinking yeah, when was, I sided this in? You can't put those cards in the same deck unless no. you're just cycling your castouts. Roman Fusco had them in the same deck that he that he top-aided the, the, whatever, the, the Star City top eight with, and I'm like... <laughs> Did you not notice? Oh yeah, that's not very good. <laughs> All right. So hey, tell you what, did you ever get a situation where your opponent sacrificed a guy with the Aether Meltdown to your Blessed Alliance? I'm like, no, they stopped attacking with it. It's like, yeah, they just stop attacking. But if they play correctly, <laughs> cards just don't go together. <laughs> Look, this is ingenious. Sounds like, sounds like a great deck, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. This I'm sorry I didn't play it. Ingenious, like the number of non-bows in that deck. Um. It's, but the thing is, it's shocking how good the strategy must have been for them to do so well with, like, all these cards just literally stink together. Yeah. So, in the end, though, we think one with the win could, could see some play. It could be. I mean, yeah, I mean, there are other versions of this kind of card. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, don't 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 sleep on it. If you're wondering what your opponent could be setting you up for, maybe it's that. <laughs> I mean, are there, like, some awesome fast guys who are, like, big on turn two that have hexproof or, you know, just size? Well, not hexproof, but, I mean, there is, like... You know, there's like the five four Ronus's last stand, right? Like that you get to make on turn two and green. Like suddenly you just get to attack for six. Oh, okay. It's not hexproof, but well, you, I can't untap and put stuff onto it, right? Well, for I mean, what are they going to do on turn two? You know, you're on the play, you I attack don't know, them walk, for five. Walk the plank, bounce it. Ah, come on. Come Bouncing on. that guy is yeah. insulting. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, how about opt? Uh, like people are super excited to get this card into modern. That's been the big Oh, getting big it into discussion. modern is different. So I think this card is a little bit better than Serum Visions. But, I mean, it's a redundancy thing, right? Like, right now people play Serum Visions and Thought Scour, but typically not Sleight of Hand. Well, they play Sleight of Hand in Storm, right? Yeah. But I think this is a little bit better than Serum Visions because Instant is better than Sorcery in a deck with, like, let's say Spell Fierce or, right. or Fatal Push. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be pretty good. It's certainly going to be played. I think it's super overrated for Standard. So um, the reason I think that is because there's already hieroglyphic illumination, like there's like curator of mysteries. What's the name of that slip serpent? Oh sure, there's a couple different serpents there. Yeah, like that just cycle for you, like right. and like scry one cycle for you is better than Stripe cycle serpent for, is the, the one. Whatever yeah. it is, like curator. Like how much better is this card than curator of mysteries? That's really the question, right? Like. Um, is Scry one well, better that, than a if, four four flyer? If you have Curator of Mysteries in play, yeah, and you cycle another Curator of Mysteries, it is actually just opt because you get to Scry because of the Curator and then draw a card. I've never had a Curator of Mysteries in play; I only ever cycle him. So, <laughs> but I think, like for example, uh, I think we were talking about this before. Like I made a deck for for a new format, which is like tons of cycling creatures that have like cheap cycling costs, and then. Uh, high-end Nickel Bolas and Dark Intimations. And so you cycle the creatures instead of playing, like, opt and stuff like that, and then you just cast Dark Intimations, and it's just part of your engine, you know? Right. And nobody can counterspell your card draw, because it's all cycling. 
Oh my god, you have not lived until you noble, nimble obstructionist, somebody, a, a, a fellow blue deck tapping four to put a counter on their on their uh, walking ballista. <laughs> you're like, uh, I'll three you back and draw a card. And they're like, oh. I've liked nimble obstructionist oh. in the cube a lot. I've, I've played with it a bunch. So uh, good. Do you remember Eric Kesselman shaving a land from his deck? That evil Eye of Orms by Gore deck in like standard back in like grudge match era magic for an, opt. For, for an opt that was like his big i mean there was a there was a time when scott johns five-time pro tour top eight competitor not hall of famer scott johns yeah. and zv were debating whether or not a 61st card was warrantable with a fourth opt they opted for 60 cards <laughs> so how, how about for say how big a deal is this going to be in standard i played four of them in like a lot of decks but not every deck right okay. like like I, like I said, I think in Grixis would rather have um, cycling, and I think that like if like I think Drakehaven is gonna come. Like when I say come back, like nobody ever played Drakehaven. Right, right. I think there's a shot for Drakehaven now that the format's opening up a little bit. Obviously, that deck's not gonna want opt, uh, but I do think Approach of the Second Sons wants it. Right, of course. Yeah, so yeah, it makes total sense. You get to get two <laughs> cards deeper. Yeah, towards your towards your second second son. Uh, overflowing insight for you, 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 mythic sorcery. Target player draws seven cards. It's just awesome. Turn six, the locust god. Turn seven, overflowing insight. <laughs> How you doing? You like that? No. <laughs> I was a little surprised. It's a seven. But it's just like I said before, if you cast seven and you land it, you see, you're supposed to win. Like, I agree. If this were an instant, if this was literally the same card, but an instant, I still don't think it would be playable. <laughs> uh, it, it's mythic? Yes. The original conception of the mythics was like, these cards are cute for collectability, but we're not going to make the tournament staples. But now, like, any playable card is just mythic. <laughs> uh, Perilous Voyage. One you for an instant. Uh, return target non-land permanent you don't control to its owner's hand. If it's converted, mana cost was two or less, scry two. Awesome. This card's great. Like, awesome. You bounce like an Earthshaker Kenra on the other side. Anything. Uh, it's like it's a weird tension. Like we splashed black off of one, this one uh, Aether Hub in Approach to the Second Sons to play consigned to is it consigned to Oblivion? black blue one with the bounce because yeah. I, I thought it was a little bit better than unsummon and also i just wanted the ability to bounce uh gideon of the trials because you just stone lose to gideon this sure. will bounce gideon of the trials yeah yeah totally yeah. Not, yeah uh this card is just largely better than voyage's end which is a card i played when i qualified with the five color mono blue dragons like i played main deck voyages yeah i thought that that card was awesome i think this card is even better yeah, this card know. seems great. Definitely going to play this card. Yeah, like Bounce a Token Scry 2 sounds great to me. I think like Bounce a Gideon of the Trials Kill You sounds pretty <laughs> great to me. Um, interestingly, there's going to be opportunities also where it's not only in permanent, but like you can actually force your opponent's <coughs> hand on treasure or things like, you know what I mean? Like you could bounce a treasure or a clue or something like that. Like obviously you don't want to, but like there's times where you're just trying to keep your opponent off of something. And you can, you can bounce there. Yeah, that's certainly a dimension of this card. Um, well, the thing is, if you bounce treasure on their end step or something, they might not be able to use it profitably. It's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shatter that yeah. thing. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, you won't get to scry then because they'll sack eh. it and counter it. But, you know, whatever. But if they've F6 on Magic Online, you're definitely going to get to scry. Oh, that's very powerful. Um, have you had the encounter? Do you play like, do you like to play much control versus control? I love playing control versus control. is one of my favorite yeah. kind of matchups. Um, yeah, I just like the ability to like when the opponent casts like a glimmer of genius or they're at like seven cards. You know, I love making people discard off of bounce spells, right? Like, <laughs> like they're the, these are the things I love. First turn monastery swift spear. <laughs> like I love that. By the way, Mike's gonna do this list. His kids don't come in until fourth or fifth. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like love, making them discard the bounce spells. I love that. Bella. <laughs> uh, you know, but I love that. I mean, yeah. Top decking a Boros Charm. Like, <laughs> Sorry, Bella, you got bumped down a notch. Uh, Bella would, she's like, me or Goblin Guide? I mean, at least it's <laughs> Goblin Guide. You know? so Bella's, Bella's favorite creature is Goblin Um. Yeah, I like that card a lot. Uh, Pirate's Prize. So we were just talking earlier about yeah. drawing two cards on for two mana. This is draw two cards for four mana. It's a, it's a common. Draw two cards, create a colorless treasure artifact token. Uh, so that's, you know, the Lotus Petal again. Uh, three U. So, um, Sorcery, though. If you compare this to Hieroglyphic Illumination or Glimmer of Genius, both of those, or Inspiration. Even, yeah. Which is not in standard. Those cards are basically the same as this card, but each of them has some kind of an upside. So Hieroglyphic Illumination, you can cycle for you. And Glimmer of Genius has the Energy Clause as well yeah. as the Scry Clause. Both those are instances instead of a sorcery. Initially, I thought this card was not good because of that. I actually think this card is busted. Really? Yeah, like, I mean, um, I put it in the, I made just made a sketch of a deck, we'll post with this, um, that has also the Repulse that makes treasure. like. If you just ca you say cast this, make a treasure on turn four, leave up the treasure, you can like pierce or you can just like the problem with with. I mean, in theory, right? In theory, you could do this, make a treasure, and duress them, right? Yeah. Like the, the problem with sorcery speed card draw is because like you don't want to pants down, but this actually gives you a direct interaction capability back by giving you a treasure, and like treasure into fatal push is awesome. Right, because it actually oh, yeah. sacrifices a permanent. Oh wow! Which which allows oh, you to wow. that's really good to upgrade the fatal push. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. then like treasure, like just like hit this go, and then like be able to pierce their big spell. That's a good thing too, yeah. right? And you like also that. don't have to do this on turn four. Like, what if you do this on like turn six? So you could like pierce or whatever counter spell anyway, and you still have the interaction capability. If you do it on turn six, you have cancel mana up, right? Yeah, like so two mana and a treasure. There's a lot of there's a lot of play here that's or like imagine you have like metallic rebuke because your deck has like a bunch of treasure or something or a bunch. You just cast it for two from there, right? It's would you, but you would play and you would play this ahead of glimmer of genius. Well, I think it depends. I think in in uh, in like, a gear hulk deck, you're always gonna play. Well, yeah, it, but in a deck like. That's based on. Um, Can you not play Gear Hulk and play a blue deck? Sure. Sh sure, you can, but should you? I mean, like, I don't have Gear Hulk in my Grixis deck. It gives the opponent a braid target. Okay, right? well, like, that's a great if reason. They die to a braid 100% of the time, or like Descenders Deliverance, like Green Deck's just main deck that card, right? Right. Uh, also, it's not the thing is if you move away from playing a bunch of instants and move towards playing cycling into into dark animations, you just don't have fuel for the gear hulk, right? Like, 
all of your card draw was just nimble obstructionist, right? Like that, you get that back with dark animations, not with Gear Hulk. Although I have to say, getting back Gear Hulk with dark animation seems pretty insane to me. <laughs> might have to, might have to consider might that. To, it seems pretty good. Yeah. All right, so so pirate. I, that's a surprising card for me. I'm I'm surprised, but when you point out the idea that you still have this, like that there are like three things you can do just in this set after cast tapping out to cast this card. Right, you can spell pierce, you can duress, and you can opt. I think there's going to be more than that. And right? fatal push. There's, there's, there's pushes. Like, there's if four like really if you're like Grixis, good you can, you can like, magma spray. Yeah. Wow. In shock. Like it, it depends what color combination you are. I mean, I don't know. You could cast this and then G and cast commune with dinosaurs. I don't know. Right. Right. Cool. So the 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 thing is that like different decks are going to want different things. Like. Just a straight Drakehaven blue-white deck doesn't have enough room for Glimmer of Genius. They play Hieroglyphic Illumination, right? If I'm, when I'm sideboarding blue-white Approach to the Second Sons against Mono Red, I cut Glimmer of Genius before I cut Hieroglyphic Illumination. And people are like, wait, but Hieroglyphic Illumination is weaker than Glimmer of Genius. I'm like, not in this matchup, right? A four is pretty expensive in this matchup. I actually just want to hit my land drops or like get to my combo pieces. It doesn't matter how many draw twos I or scry twos I have in my deck, like I need to be alive, right? Like this is just gonna get me to, you know, my whatever my two two man interaction card is on turn two, right? Right? Like so, this card is very very good in some contexts. Whether those contexts are good enough to play is a different question. Sure. But certainly, I can think of a bunch of stuff that I want to do. You can diagram something in the locker room where you're like, this is a play we can run. Maybe we don't run it. Well, I mean, just think about this. You're just like, cast this, get a treasure, like, untap Skyship. Right. Right? Like, that's a pretty powerful play. Yeah. And flavorful. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, not really part of my calculus, but whatever well, you say, man. <laughs> uh, Prosperous Pirates. For you, for 3-4, human pirate at common. When Prosperous Pirates enters a battlefield, create two treasure. How big? 3-4. For five? For five. Makes two treasure? It makes two treasure. Oh my god. If this were five, five for five, I still don't think I would play it. But like, man, that's pretty. What if it's a three, four for four that made two treasure? Like, what if it was you, you, you for a two, two that made two treasure? That would be an insane card, right? Yeah. Like, you would just try to. Oh man, that'd probably be super playable in modern, actually. Not that <laughs> can you imagine? Yes. Yeah, this is too expensive. Um, River Sneak. 1U for a 1-1. One, one. River Sneak can't be blocked. Whenever another Merfolk enters the battlefield under your control, River Sneak gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So suddenly we have a payoff, by the way, for our Merfolk enchantment that makes... So, like, every time you play So the Merfolk, chain is this guy, Merfolk enchantment, and then further Merfolk, you get a plus one? You can, Well, you get actually, you get a plus two, right? So you play a Merfolk... You create a token. The token triggers this. It's a 2-2. Now your Merfolk comes into play. All right, let me put it this way. If this is good, not interested. <laughs> Still not interested. Seems horrible to me. 1-1 one, one for 2 with a conditional payoff? Can't be blocked. Who wants to block it? Well, someone at 1 or 2 or 3. How are you going to get them to 1 or 2 or 3 when you're playing with this crap? I don't know, man. I never understand how Merfolk players win. In modern, that all their guys are lords. Well, with lords, like, this is also pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think I think I'm gonna. I'll keep an eye on it. It's interesting. No, thank you. Uh, this is a card I really like a lot. 
Uh, I don't know if it's good, but I think it is potential to be uh, very powerful. 4UU Sorcery. It's a rare. Return all non-lane permanents target player controls to their owner's hand. Horrible upheaval. Yeah, yeah. It is a horrible upheaval. It bounces Gideon. <laughs> I mean, like, you're, everything is around the ankles when you cast this, right? This is just nothing. This is like, a, this is like literally the white hour that I said was unplayable, but doesn't kill stuff instead it just bounces stuff. But it doesn't bounce your cast, cast outs. It's target player. Oh. It's one-sided. It is not symmetrical. It is ah, asymmetrical. Maybe I'll maybe I'll give this one a look then. I like this card. Horrible upheaval 101. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like one-sided it. One-sided upheaval. And I just I'm mad that it's not a cr like it crush of the, tentacles. It bounces their castouts. They deserved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of an interesting card. Well, if you're just trying to buy time for your approach deck, I think it's probably okay. Yeah. I could see, I could see this card. I could see this card. I could see situations where this card will get played. I mean, my main goal in life is not to kill my search for Escanta, so it's <laughs> just like, all right, I think maybe. Uh, run a ground. Three U for an instant. Put target artifact or creature on top of its owner's library. For four? For four. So, I mean, we've seen this card before. I mean, isn't this just so much worse than consigned to memory? Oh, well, it's on top of their library, so you're, like, costing them a draw step. You're not putting it back in their hand and giving no, them a fresh draw. No, kind of memory is two from the top. Oh, oh, you're thinking about, um, right. Isn't that commit to memory. Commit, commit to, to memory, memory. sorry. Yeah. Right, like, this is just... I would I would much rather play commit than, yeah. <laughs> than play this. Commit, you know, also puts target spell that they cast. Yeah, like, I'm just saying this is just much worse. Yeah, I'm willing okay. to move forward. Sailor of Means, two you, one four... Uh, it's fitting that we're doing this in Hoboken. Hoboken used to be a sailor town. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is there, like, a lot of swearing tattoos and earrings? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted to get in. Many sailors of means would often wander these streets at night on a, while they were in port. Looking for prostitutes? Yes, looking for prostitutes. <laughs> Just the same as what I'm going to do after we're done with this podcast. So, um, question. When you were growing up, did you ever be like, yo, mom and dad, I want to get an earring. And then they're like, you can't get an earring. That's not tough. And I'd be like, well, actually, earrings were invented by pirates. Because they like, you know, they needed to carry their gold around. Yeah. It's tough. And then they just told you, no, you couldn't have an earring anyway. So I grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, not a super rough neighborhood. But there was a fair amount of street fighting that would occur. Yeah. And you would never get an earring. Oh, because it would tear it would, out your ear. It would ear. just get people would just rip it out of your ear. That was like 101. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that would just happen. Like, I mean, there was a fight between two girl gangs, and I saw one girl bite another girl's nipple off in a fight. Oh my god. Yeah, growing up, she just like flash dancer. You remember the movie Flash Dance? Yeah. Do so you know those flash dance tops? It was like yeah. a sweatshirt, and just like boob just popped out. And oh my. <laughs> All right, so two things. Number one, I never got an earring, but you know who's the toughest is Bella. So Bella had like pierced ear. She still has it, right? And like somehow, like her ear swallowed like the the backing of an earring. Oh and, sure. Like, but like the thing is like because there was like blood or whatever that held it in place, the earring just held in place, right? And like so nobody ever knew. She didn't say anything. Like she's like it's just like a, at the time she's just a little kid, right? Very little kid. And so she just didn't say anything. And like we're like, what's going on? Her the ear reason her earring is in place is because her ear is like swallowed this thing. So 
me and Catherine took her to like some high-end tattoo parlor to have them like remove the thing and there was so much blood like Bella didn't say anything because she's so tough Catherine passed out wow like holding her hand like while they just removed this and Bella didn't like have a peep so we're just like yo Bella must be the toughest <laughs> so she would have been tough enough to withstand the street fighting even at like why age you, six why would you want to have your earring torn out of your ear it's well, no, the ear had swallowed the ear. Oh, so she actually would be picking a fight so she could get that thing out of her ear. Possible. Yeah. But now her earrings are just fine. Oh, okay, her, good. Her, you know. Meanwhile, Meanwhile. Sailor, of, Sailor of Means. Why not Sailor of Moons? Ooh, that would have been good. To you. That actually is like a good card name, too. Yeah. It's like a, some, yeah, to you. Matt Cabata, write that one down. For a Sailor one four. of Moons. I don't think he's even there anymore. Oh, really? Yeah, one four. Del, write that one down. Is Del still there? Human pirates come, and when Sailor of Means enters the battlefield, create a treasure. So it's a one four that just makes a treasure. For three? For three. I feel like if this were for two, it would be awesome. Yeah. But at three, it's unplayable. I mean, it's basically right now, it's a three mana nest invader. <coughs> it's just not good. Yeah. Well, nest invader was a very good card because you could attack with it, which would help set up your your your, what do you call it, uh, Windbrisk Heights. You can attack with this? Oh, you're saying you can attack with the Scion? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's way better. Sure. Uh, Shaper Apprentice. Also, that card costs two. This card costs three. I understand. There's so many reasons why this card I isn't good enough. I don't think it's enough. very good. Shaper, it's also a common, so you know. So is Nest Invader. Yeah. Shaper Apprentice. One U for a two one. <laughs> Shaper Apprentice has flying as long as you control another merfolk, and this is a merfolk wizard. This card is so bad. Like, none of the cards that are just 2-1 flying that have a drawback get played right now, okay? The bar is like Rattle Chains or Dimensional Displacer. What's the name of it? Dimensional Intruder? Uh, sure. So, which are like 2-1 flyers that have flash and an insane additional ability. Right. And those don't even get played as four of most of the time, right? Like, like... Blue White Spirits, like 50% of the time, would play Rattle Chains. 50% of the time, not even play it. Rattle Chain, like, Shaper Apprentice cannot carry Rattle Chains' damn chains. No. Like, and this card is horrible. Right? Like, you, you agree with me, right? Like, I agree. I mean, this card, I mean, this card's like a solid B and limited, though, right? Like, yeah, sure. Like, it's, just, it's just like an on curve 2 1 that sometimes is just like, oh. Ping, ping, you know, pack away in the air with it. Who's the third one? Dimensional Infiltrator or Rattle Chains and the other one? Like, they're like the triumvirate of, like, Busto 2-1 Flyers for you and one. I don't know. I don't, All in standard at the same time. Welkin turn? Not Welkin turn, Brian. It's never his turn. Uh, shipwreck Looter. 1-U for a 2-1. Raid. When Shipwreck Looter enters the battlefield, if you attack with a creature this turn, you may draw a card. If you do, discard a card. People barely play with looters that do that every turn. So, it's a human pirate. You can't see the face I'm making. Yeah. They could hear it. Uh, <laughs> Shorekeeper. Short so, what does you. this look like? Just a giant penis? It's a, it's a trilobite. Uh, you for an O3. This is like pretty purple and bulbous to me. Yeah, I mean, it looks kind of like some sort of squiddy thing. Or some sort of jellyfish. I'll ask or... Clark what he thinks. That's the bar. Okay. <laughs> That's Clark. You could also thing. ask like Manilakis. <laughs> Manilakis is below Clark's bar. <laughs> okay. Uh, you for an O3 uh, Trilobite. It's common. Seven U. Tap. Sacrifice, Shorekeeper. Draw three cards. 
I can't even imagine a situation I would want to have this in my deck. Do you remember we we did during like some early magic top eight magic podcast we had some sort of challenge where you had to like do well in an event playing with some card i want to i want to put i want i want the shorekeeper challenge I, I could imagine ranger of eos singing for it only in that situation because then i would destroy you siren ranger of eos combo. siren lookout to you for one two flying it's a common it's a siren pirate uh when Siren Lookout enters a battlefield, though, it explores. So it might be a 2-3 flyer. And it might also be a Pilgrim's Eye. It might also be a Pilgrim's it's Eye. It'd be better than a Pilgrim's Eye. Yeah, it's a little tougher. It tussles. It tussles with a Pilgrim's Eye. Well, if it didn't have the ability to be a Pilgrim's Eye, I would say it's the worst. But now I think it's the best. Do you? So it's like half the time it's... Like, what's, is there a playable 2-3 flyer for three? I mean, there there have been, right? Like, yeah, I mean, but like back when Troublesome Spirit was like, like, where you're talking about an era when like three, four flying for four tap all of my own lands was one of the best cards. Um, I mean, there's like you know Predator, uh, Predator Sky, whatever Sky Shroud Predator or whatever. Well, I guess like, the bar is like Vampire Nighthawk. So uh, yeah. one one end of this is like, how do you value Scry One? relative to lifelink and death touch well that's an awful comparison okay right how do you compare draw a card to pilgrim's eye it's not even as good because pilgrim's eye fixes color right Doesn't this guy also look like bird person from rick and morty i'm embarrassed at my level of rick and morty facility i don't have very much um i just lost the card uh, I think this card is barely playable, if at all playable. Yeah, I, I'm not uh, super high on this card. Like, I just don't even know. Like, maybe if there's, like, a blue-green explore deck, right, like, where everything is exploring, I think sure. that might be pretty cool. Right, because, like, there's a lot of the green explore guys I would play. Uh, Stire, Siren Storm Tamer. You, for a 1-1, one, one, Siren Pirate Wizard Flying... Uh, blue sacrifice siren storm tamer counter target spell or ability that targets you or a creature you control. I think this card's pretty good. These cards have been historically pretty good. Right? Flying men with huge upside. Also, like it's probably Busto in Legacy, right? Like it just stops you from dying to a Charbelcher. Yeah, it's, it is spell or ability, right? Like, I like, like if you're just like a blue tempo deck it, like i mean i could just totally see like it's obviously not as good as a delver like in terms of its power to casting cost ratio but i could just totally see playing this next to a delver again like kill me on the first turn or you don't kill me <laughs> that, that's like <laughs> that's just how it's gonna go you know uh siren's ruse it's an instant one you it's a common exile target creature you control then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. If a pirate was exiled this way, draw a card. So this is like sort of like a pirate counterspell. Well, it's like a momentary blink. Yeah, right? it's like a pirate momentary blink. Yeah. Man, I love momentary blink. I don't. It draws just, you a card. If it's a pirate, right? Are a there pirate. like a, a lot of good 187 pirates? I don't know. We have to. We have to. You know, go through the whole set. I think this. Let's let's dog ear this one. But like for example. The pirate we talked about before that was not very good, the Sailor of Means, the 1-4, you know, where you get a treasure, that's a pretty good... We've talked about treasure being a pretty useful come-into-play ability. You could, yeah, you, I know, mean, you could turn this into 
uh, drawing a card and getting another treasure. Unfortunately, this sounds to me like the kind of decks I make for my kids to play against the well, kids maybe, at school. Well, maybe, but those are right. But like, those are ways to play Magic. So I mean, I I'm, mean just, I'm just talking about where you you know an example of something or the three four that draws you two treasures. Matt Sperling oh. made fun of me because I posted one of the decks yeah. that I made for Clark, and it had like I think Rift Bolt and Shock and not Lightning Bolt. <laughs> But he's just like, look, what's the paradigm of how you made the deck? Like, these are just all random cards from different sets. I'm like, I don't know. I just only own four lightning bolts. I know that's hard to believe, right? Right. <laughs> In my actual modern deck. Ah, <laughs> uh, Spell Pierce. This is the card people might be most excited about in this set. That's the best blue card, right? I, I mean, this is this card is... I remember Spell Piercing a Wrath at the pre-release when Spell Pierce was first printed. And it was pretty much the greatest feeling in the world. I do not think there has been a constructed format where Spell Pierce was legal since Spell Pierce first debuted that I did not play Spell Pierce at least some of the time. Um, play it main deck in Legacy, play it in Standard. I played world, it many world, times in Standard. World Championship, week after the pre release, or two weeks after yeah. the pre release. Standard format. How many copies of Spell Pierce in the top eight? Oh, it's only two weeks. Oh, top four. It's top four. Sorry. Oh, two weeks after when? After the pre-release. So we, we have oh. the pre-release. Then there's like one weekend of GP and Star City stuff. And then the best 24 main players in the world. Main deck or main deck? Or... Across, across main deck and sideboard. Top four players are going to advance I the Sunday. I set the bar at six. Six? I'll tell you why. Okay. I think that it That's will be... That's three players playing two of them? <laughs> well, I well I think like I think the teamer decks will play like approximately two plus two, approximately yep. might be as few as zero plus two, might be as many as zero plus four. I don't think they're going to play more than zero plus four or more than two plus two. <laughs> uh, but I think that if we're talking about this early in the format, you gotta assume there's an overpopulation of mono red. So we could easily have three mono red in the top four. Oh, interesting. That's the that's the only reason. Interesting. Like, mature version of the format, I still don't know, but I'm setting the bar at about six. Right? Like, which which puts us at one deck fully loaded and then maybe another deck. By the way, when we were talking the other day about like like none of the cards I thought were rotating out of the red deck, or not all the cards I thought were rotating are rotating. Nothing rotated except for Falcon or Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just, I'm like, and part of my brain is just thinking Kaladesh was going to go. Incendiary Flow literally got an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, here's the instant version. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's it's slightly worse because there's, just because of Scrap Heap Scratcher, yeah. but Scrap Heap Scratcher can't block. So. <laughs> All right. This this card is sweet as hell. I put that in my black This deck. card is sweet as hell. I don't know. Like, people barely played... The blue confirm suspicions. Confirm suspicions. Although I mean, it did top sixteen Pro Tour Kaladesh in multiple decks, I believe. Um, spell Swindle three UU for a rare instant counter target spell. Create X colorless treasure artifact tokens where X is that spell's converted mana cost. I think this card is really good in a context that's different than spell than uh, confirm suspicions. First of all, I had for it confirm suspicions in the first draft of a lot of decks. And then it would just typically just end up becoming summary dismissal. Yeah. It's like, I value mana efficiency more than anything else in Magic. But I think it's different right now because because uh, of the three casting cost treasure maker. So the jump to five is very different than right. 
And I also value the amount of treasures that you can make out of this because of the five casting cost black blue guy. But you know what? Oh, well, that's that, oh, that's really interesting. Right. But so also, if you if you mana if you mana drain somebody with your five mana, make like four treasures, untap and play. He's like a seven seven, and you have like a ton of plays in play. Well, let me ask you something. Also, like you get to do you get to do this. You can also like torrential gear hulk that card. But like you know, you need a, like a sink for all that treasure. Besides that, yeah. You know, we talked about that card in Trancing Melody. Yeah. Like if suddenly you have. You know, you're some control deck that's going to end up with six or seven treasure floating well, but around. But the treasures, uh, their primary re their primary goal is to make the guy big, right? So you don't want to sacrifice them. Sure, but sometimes you also just, like, want to take your opponent's Scarab God. I would want to do that. Like, but I could also just... Seven mana, take your Scarab God. I mean, like, I, you can play a bunch of different right. ways to do that. Seven mana, take your Scarab God sounds awesome to me. You don't think that somebody with a Scarab God in play when you're trying to compete with them on on seven can't answer your entrancing melody? I think that you get to fight them and do stuff and like... Yours is a seven mana sorcery. Yeah. Like, I mean, my my preference on fighting them is going to be bouncing it before it gets out of hand and making a treasure or setting them up for cons consigned to oblivion. Is that the name of it? Like commit to memory? No, oh, oblivion. Oh, oh yeah, yeah like, to oblivion. Yes. Like setting it off that way, right? Like because I just I'm, all I'm saying is I think that that's a potential. Like if there's some situation where you can get to a lot of treasure, that's not relying on the guy that gets buffed by treasures. I mean, uh, I love making treasure, man. Yeah. But I love Boutte. This this card is. I love this card. Uh, I think it's probably going to be less good than we're imagining right now, but I think it's probably still going to be good enough to play. In some decks. Can you, can you imagine a situation where you're just like, counter that, make six treasure. They're like, do something else. You're like, sacrifice my treasure. Counter that. Torrential gear hulk. <laughs> Bring back. <laughs> I mean, obviously, that's a lot of bad. That sounds about. like the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me. <laughs> um, so what, what do you, what, role player, you think? Oh, role player low, but yeah. definitely, but above unplayable. Yeah. Stormfleet aerialist, 1U for a 1-2 flyer. Raid, uh, Stormfleet Aerialist enters the battlefield as a 2-3 if you attack the creature this turn. It gets a plus one, plus one. Oh, it's only two mana? Two mana, yeah. I mean, that's okay. And remember, we, we talked about the uh, the blue one drop uh, earlier. We talked about the Siren, Siren Storm Tamer. So, like, you know, that's... And there's no shortage of ones that we saw when going through the white cards. Yeah, yeah I mean, also red ones. Right. right. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that card's probably... Pretty easy to get this guy online as a 2-3... On uh, on turn two. Solid. Solid. Yeah. I mean, is he's a pirate, right? He is a pirate. Yeah, solid. Human pirate. Storm fleet spy. Two you, for a human pirate. Two two. Raid uh, when it enters the battlefield. If you attacked this turn, draw a card. Garbage. Pike knight. Storm sculptor. Three you for a merfolk wizard. Th uh, it's a three two. Storm sculptor can't be blocked. When Storm Sculptor enters the battlefield, return a creature you control to its owner's hand. So this is... I read that card so many times. A man of war. For yourself? Oh, it's a creature you control. Horrible. Oh, yeah, this is terrible. Keep going. I was keep like, going. why would you have that condition? I don't know. Uh, Tempest Caller. Like, it's, is that even playable in Limited? Like, what if it's your only guy? Uh, well, then you would bounce this. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Horrible. I mean, this is this is good in a in a thing where your best creature is locked under a desert hold, or if 
If that like, card just had a regular Mana War ability at 3-2 for 4, what pick order is it in limited? Like, top three picks oh, most yeah, of the probably, time? Oh, yeah, probably, yeah, But not absurd. Yeah, no, if this was Mana War 3-2, can't be blocked. Actually, it's probably, like... It's probably even first pickable. Yeah, but it's, I'm sorry, top three is first yeah. pickable. Yeah, like yeah, A yeah. third of the time. Yeah, yeah. But, like, not stupid. Yeah, no. There's way dumber cards than yeah. this. Like, the 5-5 five, five dinosaur for five that has haste is better than that, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't know what, understand why you would put that condition on it. It seems horrible. So, our opponents made a million Jace tokens. Yeah. Of course they did. They've just made a million Jace tokens, and they fast the turn. We're going to cast Tempest Caller, tap them all, and attack them with our creatures. They were at one. Doesn't okay, matter what Okay, got it. Got you. Uh, Tempest Caller, 2UU for a 2-3 Merfolk Wizard. When it enters the battlefield, tap all creatures target opponent controls. Awful. Water Trap Weaver, 2U for a 2-2. When Water Trap Weaver enters the battlefield, tap target creature opponent controls. It doesn't untap. During its controller's next untap step. So, so it's, a core, one... it's a blue core hook master. Uh, I mean, okay tempo card in limited. Yeah. Not really a constructive quality. Yeah, card. I like this card in limited a lot. I mean, I, I first picked a core hook master in my day. I feel like the blue the blue creatures in limited have a lot of tricksy stuff, but like the, the sheer size in green and red seems overwhelming for similar mana costs, right? Like, yeah. The creatures are awesome in the other colors. Uh, last card in blue, Windstrider for you for a 3-3 Flash Flyer. We've just had this card in limited recently under a different name that I don't recall already. But, you know, a fine card for limited. Do you, you think know, always... if this card were three mana, it would be good enough to play in Constructed? Uh, I mean, three mana. Like, people aren't playing Nimble Constructionist. Nimble, yeah, like, which has an insane secondary ability. Yeah. So, right? Like, I didn't, yeah, I don't know. It's clearly not good enough at five. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, fine limited card. So that's blue. That's it. What do you think about the uh, treasure into Scarab God I love idea? it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing that was most surprising to me is actually just talking about that sorcery speed four mana draw two cards. Yeah, you don't have to cast it on turn four. Yeah, I understand. But, even, but, but I'm saying, but even casting it on turn four uh, seems pretty reasonable uh, because you, you have things that you can do still. Like, what if you're, like, the, the Repulse, make a treasure on turn three, untap, play that on turn four, and then they're, they're like... Pirate's Prize, of course, yeah. the card we're talking about. And they're, like, pierce, you're, like, pierce off my other treasure, make yeah. another treasure. Like, you're just destroying them, right? Like, yeah. it's it's unreal how far ahead you are in, in that situation. Magic's so weird how a card... I mean, this is, like, this is a card that, in a in a vacuum, describe, you'd be like, and, yeah, there's a four-mana sorcery, draw two cards. Like, Never. Never ever. But it's actually never would I ever so good, right? Like, I just the the tre I, I like what they did. I like what they did with treasure and giving multiple really high impact one casting cost spells in this. Yes, set. I agree. I think that that's a really interesting design choice they made for this. Uh, you know that you know even you know, talent slash. Yeah. Right, which is a card we talked about in the last episode. Like, that ability to play two cards in one turn is always so important. And this lets you tap out and still be able to then play a card. Whether it's a Spell Pierce or Duress or any sort of, like, Fatal Push Magma Spray. But this is, like, kind of a Paul George situation, like we were talking about before. Like, you've got some really 
standout tools, but you need to have some teammates, right? Like, and I'm not sure. Is it going to be Scarab God? Is it going to be Gifted Aetherborn? Who's it going to be to, like... Because you can't just have, like, the flashbangs and expect to be able to win the tournament, you know? Yeah. Like, what you, what, what's your favorite blue card? Is it Spell Pierce? Spell Pearson. I mean, I like Opt a lot. I, I don't think it's going to be the right card in every deck. Of the cards we went over today, I like Spell Pierce. I like the the Perilous Voyage. Is that the name of it? Yeah. And I like um, uh, Pirate's Booty and uh, Pirate's Prize. Is that the name of it? And I like the the Repulse. I love Spell Swindle. I like that one too. I, I think love it's that card. Good. I, I I you know we we've we've been doing this for a long time, right? We've done yeah. a million things and one of the things you always talk about it in like blue you know in control decks is like who gets the most land in play oh yeah can you imagine some fight where you're able to like navigate to casting this spell and then getting to untap with all that mana uh it's it, like mana drain it's a five mana mana yeah i mean that's i think the i think it's like a flavorful five mana mana drain the thing that i'm just a little kind of question mark about is there is i, I do hate this being in the same form as spell pierce though but I don't think there's a single playable creature in blue. Did we even name one? That's just like a whiz bang. I guess the siren that's three cast three three for four with flash. Yeah. The two one that is hard to block is okay, but there's like nothing on the like. When I, I guess those are fringe playable in pirate decks, but yeah. like nothing on the order of a long tusk cup. Nothing on the order of a glory bringer. Nothing no. on the order of a legion's landing. Right, like. Just no. Your 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 blue creature might be Chase. your best blue creature might be Chase. I think Chase is kind of. I can't wait to pierce that. <laughs> Put a shirt on. All right. So that's blue. Uh, and you're you're posting a deck with this. Yeah, black. I, I mean, it's it's just be a sketch deck. Who knows how how it's gonna shake out, right. right? But I think I think I think that the treasure into Scarab God idea is sound. That's my guess. Cool. All right. Next up is black. Wooberg. Yes. Wooberg. Goodbye. <laughs>